Hey, this is Kevin from Kevin's Barbecue Joints, and welcome to the Kevin's Barbecue Joints podcast. This one's awesome. It's with Taryn from Slow Fire Barbecue in Savannah, Georgia. The place that Daniel Vaughn on his recent visit to Georgia said was his favorite place in all of Georgia. And I've wanted to talk to Taryn for a while because his food looks spectacular. I want to jump right into this interview. About it. There's some key points that he does discuss, so it's integral that you do follow them on social media. I'll put links to all that below. Let's just say that a brick and mortar is in the future for 2024. I can't thank him enough for taking the time it's so enjoyable to talk to taryn make sure you stay safe and visit your local barbecue joint the bear yeah the bear like what's it oh my gosh so i couldn't so i haven't actually been able to watch all of it because i've watched uh so i've gotten about halfway through the first season and it's taken me a long time because it's uh it's triggered a lot (laughs) so a lot of ptsd and you know, it just, uh, I love it, but it also, like, my heart races, uh, you know, when I watch it, and part of me loves that, you know, and I very much miss part of that, obviously, you know, like, there's nothing like the feeling of, of making it through a service and just getting plummeted, man, like, you just get your butt kicked, you know, but you, and you just barely hang on, like, you make it through it, and everything's through, and you just look at your other guys, and like, yeah, you know, just, uh-huh. you feel like you did battle, like, you just took your swords, oh, and yeah. sheesh, you know, like, there's nothing like it, and I, you know, like, you miss that, but um, there's a lot that comes with it, too, you oh, know? Yeah, yeah. So. No, no, I've talked, I've talked to a number of chefs about, just about that, how the end of the day is such a, there's a moment. It's like you could you you have shared that collective stress with a team yeah. about like it's it's and then I it took me a while to get through season one just because of that that stress and they have so many close ups on the knives that you think they're mm-hmm. going to cut themselves or the close ups of their mouths or the it's and it's attention there's con- constant tension and they did but, really well in filming yeah, it yeah it, it's it's yeah I, I'm part I'm a few episodes into three but I it's still it takes time because it's stressful. So I'm going to keep a little bit of that in because I think that's funny. And and the reason why we brought it up for people don't know that you, you you're drinking out of the cup that, uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Was, was that the 32? Is that a 32 ounce or? Yeah. That's the court. Yeah. You, that's <laughs> the only one, you know, like you, if you're drinking out of a pint, it's only because you can't find a court. <laughs> it's just funny. It's just funny. Those little nuances, little chef things. Well, Taryn, yeah. it's so good to, it's so good to finally talk to you and, you know, this is, this is a good opportunity to, to share with what, what you're doing in Savannah. What did you grow up in Georgia? Actually here in Savannah. Yeah. Right. Uh, maybe 10 minutes from the beach. If that, uh, okay. eight minutes, uh, on a little place called Wilmington Island. Uh, it's the next Island over from the beach. And, uh, once you get past Wilmington, then you're basically, uh, just about in Savannah. So downtown Savannah is about 30 minutes from the beach. And we were uh, a little bit, you know, closer than halfway. That's where um, I was actually, I was born in Mississippi, uh, out in Meridian, uh, which is a little bitty town, you know, just uh, kind of north, northeast of Mississippi. And so I was born there, but stayed for maybe six weeks. And uh, as soon as the doctor gave us the clear, my mom and, you know, we took off to Savannah. And so I lived pretty much my old childhood here in Savannah, going to the beach all the time and loving it. And, you know, and it wasn't until I'd say middle school, um, you know, my parents divorced when I was about 18 months old. And so there's always been like that back and forth, you know, all right, you go live with him for a little while or you go live with her for a little while. And so my mom lived down here in Savannah and my dad lived up closer to Atlanta. Okay. And so 
there was some back and forth when I was a kid, you know, so like maybe I'd spend nine months here, you know, or there. But once I went through middle school, that's when I moved up with my dad in Atlanta. And then my mom moved, ended up moving to Atlanta. And so when she moved to Atlanta, I went through high school with her and then, you know, just kind of spent a good portion of my adulthood in Atlanta. Uh, and then once I, um, I'd say when I was, I went to, uh, I actually, I've always wanted to be a fireman. And so nice. uh, that's always kind of been <laughs> my, with me, yeah, really. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think a lot of people, like a lot of, you know, a lot of guys I think I still like, do. Oh, always want to be a fireman. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely do. You know, that's why it's kind of funny how I, I, I laugh all the time when I'm, you know, kicking the, or, you know, doing my shovel in the fire pit and I'm yeah. like, you know, I kind of am a fireman yeah, fire, in yeah. some ways, you know, that's weird. I, I control it. That. So yeah. So it's, uh, you know, I get to play with fire just in a different way. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I always wanted to be a fireman, and um, as a matter of fact, they had uh, they had told me, like, oh, if you go to EMT school, just get any kind of certification you can. That'll help put you ahead of the line of most of the wow. applicants, and so I did. I went to EMT school uh, when I was about 25 and got in good shape. I went through all that, which was tough, and uh, graduated and became, you know, like I was officially a, an EMT, and I tried for two years. Your EMT, your certification, all that for two years. And so I, I tried for those two years, I tried desperately to find a place that would hire me a place. Um, even though I could potentially be a volunteer fireman, but you have to, the problem is with that is that you have to live really close or in the city that you're volunteering right, that for. Sense. Yeah. And the city I lived in was a little bitty town called Powder Springs, Georgia. And uh, which is next to Austell And both these little cities are just, they're too big to have a volunteer fire department and they're too small to really have any significant fire department. <laughs> so they rarely had place. Yeah. They, they're just like, I was just stuck in this little zone that um, just made it very difficult. And uh, even when they were hiring during that window, uh, they just wouldn't call me. I'd never got a phone. I never got a, a call or anything. And so I looked into other, um, <clears throat> excuse me, other counties and all that. Uh, and anyway, after two years of searching said, well, my service is running out. I, I must, I, I just need to move on. And at that point, it's funny. Cause I, I, I had no idea how to cook. I would burn water. I couldn't grill cheese. Like, uh, I think literally the only thing I might be able to make is like cheese toast in the oven, you know, like that's about the only thing, um, maybe ramen noodles, you know? And so, um, my mom was always a fantastic cook. Uh, you know, and, and my grandmother always cooked for like hundreds of people each week at her church. Oh. And so like cooking was always kind of there. I just didn't know it, you know? And so uh, once, like, as I'm kind of going through this two year process, my mom is, um, she's teaching me how to cook because uh, I'm coming home and I'm either one, I, <laughs> I can't afford to go out because cooking, you know, going out was so expensive huh. Two. I can't cook in my house. So guess what, mom, I'm tired. I'm just going to come over and eat. And so I was doing that like almost every night. So she's like, Taryn, why don't I just teach you how to cook? And I'm like, all right, whatever, you know, and she, so she started teaching me everything and I liked it. But then all of a sudden, when I got kind of got the basics, she started teaching me how to bake. And that really changed everything that wow. opened up the passion. And so when the firefighter thing didn't work out, she uh she had recommended like well you need to do something son so why don't you <laughs> go to culinary school like you know you like cooking what about that and so uh i just kind of was like eh, i don't know you know and, and ended up looking into it and i was like you know what maybe yeah maybe this is it and so 
I went to culinary school at the time, a lot going on, but I've done a lot of different crazy jobs and stuff. And uh, any one of my family members will tell you that they're like, yeah, Tara never does anything consistently. <laughs> but <laughs> I think the weirdest job I've ever had was, uh, uh, I think the weirdest job I ever had was I was once a scuba diver for golf balls. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Like just that was a legit what was job. That like? What and, was and that I, like? Is it murky or is it? Can you it see? was crazy. It was, it was wacky. It was, uh, it was fun because like you put on a wetsuit, you go around to these different golf courses all over the United States. We were based out of Atlanta uh, and you would, they'd have this little, like, you know, those little um, round things that you'd slide down a hill on, like, a, like a on the snow, you know, yeah, the like handles a, inside. Yeah. It's like a, yeah, like a little, little, oh, it's all kind of rounded. So we would put on top of that, we put a little, um, just like a little lawnmower engine. Uh, and it, what it would do is that it had hoses hooked to it an apparatus and it would just, just suck air down to us. And we would have our oxygen, our, you know, we're just breathing air out of the, you know, not like an oxygen pack, um, like compressed air. We just bring it, breathing normal air because the, the ponds and stuff aren't very deep. No. And so we'd go in, that motor would sit on top of the water, feeding us air. And we would just, you couldn't see this far in front of you. You yeah, like, as soon as you go, it's just complete mud. Yeah. And so uh, you just kind of crawl through and you wear this huge thing around your neck that has a, a, a big plastic deal with a little flapper and then you push open and it's connected to this huge net bag. And so you're going down, you're just grabbing the mud and you're grabbing the golf balls. You got good to holding a lot. You know, you learn how to hold a lot and you put them in there and then the dirt would fall through the net. And then you just, once you've got this huge bag full of golf, golf balls, you just kind of drag it up on the, on the side. I'd make about a thousand dollars a week and they pay for traveling. They pay for your expenses and all that. So it was great money. Uh, the reason why I stopped doing it. Do you find yeah, it is bizarre. Uh, yeah. So the reason I stopped, and by the way, they would take these golf balls. They were making a killing. We bring these golf balls back. They had like seven or eight washing machines set up in their uh, warehouse a little bitty warehouse and we would wash them with certain chemicals that would pretty much clean all of them. Uh, if they were dented or ding, we'd throw those out. We'd sort through them and the ones that were totally fine, they would resell them in golf shops for use. And so the reason, the reason I quit was because um, they wanted us to go every once in a while down to the Florida Everglades. Yeah. yeah and yeah. those, um, yeah, as you can imagine, there's yeah, alligators. That's not, in those, yeah, that's and, not safe. And they're like, they're, it's not. And they're like, listen, they're not. I mean, you can't see this far in front of you. And I'm like, there's alligators. What are we doing? And they're like, well, they're not going to mess with you. It's just getting in and out. It's, it's a little tricky. And I'm like, no, I'm good. I think I'm good. Did, I they, trust did, you. You, did you ever go? So, uh, did you ever go into Florida one or no? No, they told me about that. I was like, no, that's enough. I'm not. Uh, no, I'm not getting stuck no down there. You know, way. no way. That's like I see people. There's like uh, internet account or guys going like the Everglades barefoot walking around they call them swamp puppies and I'm yeah. like these guys are dead after this like there's no way so dumb yeah they're, they're idiots so it's uh Holy so anyway I, you know I've done because that's what I was thinking I was thinking either like you saw a body like or a creature yeah and so it just was uh you know I mean you know, we found a lot of weird stuff I mean like let's be honest but uh a lot of the stuff you don't really like you can't pick it up and be like, Oh, this is a gun. You know, like you just kind of like, Oh, that's not a golf ball. So I'm not going to pick that up. You know, like that's kind of the mindset you have. I don't want to solve a murder. I'm just here to get my golf balls, you know? So that that's was the weirdest job but... I think I've almost ever heard of. That is really interesting. Yeah. Right? Man, yeah. Cool. So it's, yeah. 
I like yeah, that. I, okay. like to, I like to have fun like that. <laughs> had you already gone to culinary school and this was like a, another job you had, right? This was, no, this was during that line. You know, like that. there's that time in your life where you kind of do the weird jobs and stuff. And okay. so this was before you're actually like, okay, maybe I should actually do a career, you <laughs> yeah. know? <laughs> this was like early 20s, you know? You don't really care what you're doing, you know, that sort of thing. Well, that's, so, still, that's that kind of decent um, money for a weird job. It's not bad. It is, yeah. Yeah, not, yeah, it was a lot of money. That's what kept me there for as long as it did. But but anyway, fast forward to, you know, to catch us back up to where we're now. Yeah. Uh, with the culinary school, I, I went to culinary school and as I'm going through it, like, you know, it's, I'm, I'm loving it and, and having a good time and everything, but there was, I was also in, heavily involved in my church. I was a worship leader at the time because I'm a musician mm-hmm. uh, and I play several, you know, like I'm a multi-instrumentalist seeing everything. And so I was, I was a worship leader for my church, decided to go to a, a Bible college. Uh, I felt like, you know, God was calling me out there to go to Texas and there's a Bible college out in Dallas called Christ for the Nations, and they do like a worship school. Oh. So I was like, okay, let's go. And so I, I packed up and I went out there, and that was in the beginning of 2000, like 2010, 2011. I think it was 2010. And so I, I moved down there, started the school. It's a three-year school, you know. And in the middle of it, that's when I ended up meeting my wife, because uh, she's from Fort Worth and you know, oh. born and raised. Met my wife there, and we ended up getting married, and we stayed there until about four years ago. Okay. And that's when, uh, that's when I decided we were looking at either moving to Nashville or to here, back to Savannah. And I've always had a sweet spot for Savannah. And so, you know, I, I brought her here. We, we visited both places and she was like, I love Savannah. And I was like, say less. Can you go. talk a little bit, because before we get to the barbecue part, can you talk about Savannah, what Savannah's like? Oh my gosh. It is one of the most charming cities and one of the most uncharming cities at the same time <laughs> no it's uh it's i say uncharming because you know i mean just like any like you go to charleston charleston's gorgeous but it has its spots it has its people it has certain you know places that you just aren't as you're not going to go there and get the southern hospitality bless <laughs> you you know you're not going to get that so a lot of savannah is really really nice it's just uh it is different than charleston you know it's low-key but it's just big enough. Like it, it, that's what I love about it. It's you, you, it constantly amazes me at the beauty uh, of the trees, the towering oaks that you go through and the houses and the history. And uh, history. there's so much to offer. Yeah. There's so much to offer with the history. If you ever, uh, anyone that ever comes, I tell them like, if you were to come for a single day and stay overnight, the one thing that you have to do is do like a guided walking haunted tour. Uh, it's just one of the coolest things that the city yeah it's just one of the coolest things and it's um you know you'll it'll you'll fall in love with especially if you don't come don't come during the summer because it's way too hot but if you come fall or spring you'll absolutely love it st patrick's day here is um it's huge it's like over a million people i think it's the fourth largest third or fourth largest party uh of like or celebration of st patrick's day and so it's yeah it's so it's so weird because i grew up with that and then um you know, you move out to Atlanta or, or, you know, Atlanta was better than Texas. Texas, like, just doesn't care. People just yeah. don't care about it at all. They're yeah, like, St. Patrick's Day, what's that? You know? <laughs> they're looking at you funny when you're decked out in full green. And they're like, wow, you're a little, you're a little much, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, just a gorgeous place. You said a guided see. haunted tour, right? Yeah. Okay. Because like, yeah, like, when you said yeah, the word they, haunted, it kind of went... <laughs> 
So I think it was either oh, yeah, yeah. possessed or it, it was just doing a glitch, a glitch <laughs> of the internet. Okay, so a guy a guided yeah. a guided haunted door. That yeah, is was, number one, yeah, that's speaking that's speaking my language because I would I do that no matter what. But that's killer. That's because also too, it's you learn a lot of historical things and like crazy things that happen at different places. And I love I love that kind of stuff. I would love to do that in New Orleans too. That would be a interesting. Yeah, it's another place that's really, really uh really has that, you know, mystique about it. And New Orleans is completely different. Um, oh yeah, I just recently it. finally got the chance to go through. Uh, as a matter of fact, it was probably gosh a month or month and a half ago. I went with Nick Damp from Damp Good Barbecue. Oh really? Uh, me and him, yeah. Me and him flew out to uh, to Austin to pick up his new Syntax. Oh yeah, uh, okay. Why you told we talked to, or did I talk to him about that, or did I talk to you about that? Like, uh, probably to him. Yeah, okay, he was okay. probably like when you interviewed him. I think he was getting close to going. Okay uh area was getting close to being ready and yeah. so uh me and him and his cousin went we flew out and we drove it all the way back and i helped him and, and so on the way back like we we went to austin uh we went to franklin we wanted to kind of do like a barbecue yeah, tour uh, since we're there and so we arrived that morning and we went straight to franklin it was on a tuesday so luckily we were like 15th in line and it was an hour before they opened so we had a great time there uh, we went from there down to Syntax is in Lowling. So we we ended up going maybe? to um no, we ended up going to um he had never been to, you know, we had to go to Lockhart. So we went to Smitty's, went to Kreitz, you know, because that's where I had my aha moment. So I wanted him to kind of share in oh, that. Cool. Yeah. And so uh and we'll discuss that in a minute, but went to pick up the smoker it's from syntax which i said is in Luling. if you've never been to Luling, man we'll go through downtown and just smell people anyone that's been to Luling will tell you there's a there's a smell and it's the smell of of oil but it's strong and it is uh a lot of people say it smells like money but because <laughs> to them it's so it is money but uh it, it's it's wild that's what you'll always remember Luling as is just the smell it has oh um, interesting yeah there's uh it's wild because it's, it's one of those old boom, boom towns and they um there's old Derek still running in people's like yards they decorate them so society and they like you go to the dairy queen it's in the back parking lot and it's got like a cowboy arm on it that's just waving as it goes like you know like it's just it's funny but um so once we did that then we went down to uh to truth and got to try truth and uh unfortunately we just we just missed leonard but man it was just it blew us away you got that you yeah, have the hat fantastic. yeah yeah and <laughs> getting the hat um you know i've been wanting to try it for a long long time love what he does and you know seen it and it's so tough like as you probably know you see a lot of these places on photos and videos and you're just like oh god i can't wait to try it you know <laughs> so exactly yeah it, it definitely lived up to the hype you know it was, it was really good and so uh so when we drove back we kind of went from houston back up to north carolina where he's at and that took us right through uh through new orleans and oh, it was wild to see how a lot of in new orleans the the coffins are up you know like they build them up i've never seen that before you know and you would think that they do that here because this is considered low country too yeah. so it's uh you know a lot of it's kind of like yeah right at sea level or under sea levels but they don't you know a lot of problem a lot of flooding problems here and and mm. even more so in charleston but yeah a lot of um, times when you see yeah it's major, uh, major rainstorms and floods some of the cemeteries do um flood and the coffins flood yeah. out which is like that's not yeah. common but it does happen but so okay so how did you start on this barbecue path so it's it's a little um you know, I've uh, it's not as inspiring as many uh, that you've you know, you've had on the show, but 
it did uh it did really kind of go back to um you know remember i said i was born in mississippi and so my dad's side of the family still lives in meridian and so uh one time there was this one summer i was probably about i'd say 11 you know that they had sent me out for uh i want to say a week i got to just go out to spend time with family just a week by myself with them and my grandfather owned um a asphalt company paving and so he didn't do a lot but he did you know driveways and stuff like that and so i got to go there and he put me to work for a week and that was that was intense that was a lot of having to shovel paint you know asphalt and deal with that and uh you know obviously learned a lot you know for a little 10 or 11 year old kid but but uh, one thing, you know, and that stuck with me, but what stuck with me even more was that it was really the first encounter I had with barbecue and how like, oh, this is something different. My family wasn't real big into barbecue or anything like that, or, or even trying or eating barbecue mostly. But I just know, I'll never forget my uncle. Uh, one day after work, he had, he had taken this, this, just a butt. He had like one or two butts. He seasoned it and he had this old fridge in his yard. And I mean, this is backwoods, Mississippi. I mean, backwoods, Mississippi, no cell phone service. And he, he had it sitting in his backyard and he built this little fire in the bottom of it. And it was just coals. And he put this butt in there. He opened the fridge and put it in there and closed it. And I was just, I was like, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, this will smoke it. And this will, yeah, we'll come out here tomorrow. This will be good, man. This will be good old eating. And I was <laughs> like, okay. You know, like, well, I don't know what you're saying, you know, like, it's, <laughs> how's that even possible? You know, like, and so fair enough, man, it smoked it and. It was delicious. And, you know, and that was like my first encounter. And then, you know, like, obviously, yeah, obviously being in Georgia, you know, it's, uh, there's a lot of barbecue here, but it doesn't really have like, it's not known for barbecue. It doesn't, you know, they say that there's a style, but yeah, there's not much of a style. Like there's, you know, so I, I feel like it's kind of pulls from Alabama and the Carolina and kind of like just mix matches and, you know, kind of does its own thing. You know, but growing up, obviously, like we, you know, um, as I got older, I, I went to barbecue a lot. Actually, there was this one spot that really uh, will always have a special place in my heart called Johnny's Barbecue in Powder Springs. And they, uh, my friends will tell you, man, that place helped me through two breakups. And one of them was major, man. I It's funny because I'm going to show my country boy roots here, but there was this one breakup I had and where I swear you, I would come home. Uh, I'd come home after work and I would go by there and I would get dinner uh, at least twice a week. Same thing. I always had the same thing. They always knew my order. I'd always go in there at least twice a week. And my, my thing was I'd get it. I'd pick it up to go. I'd go straight home. And I, uh, I would, I had the Dukes of Hazard several seasons on DVD and I would, um, I'd sit there and watch Dukes of Hazard and eat these, you know, barbecue <laughs> fries. And that helped me through, you know, like it just, I, I, Dukes, I was, a, I was addicted to my Dukes of Hazard when I was a kid and I was from California. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they filled it in Georgia to start and then moved it out of California. Well, that's so, true. That know, is true. It, it makes sense. I don't know, man. It just, uh, that time in my life that, that got me through, you know, so. That kind of, you know, that emotional connection really yeah. helps me to hold on. But even fast forward, when I went to culinary school, you know, in culinary school, you don't learn how to barbecue things, you know, like they don't really ever even talk about it, uh, really. Uh, and so I didn't learn any of that. And so I did, just didn't even really think it was po like I didn't. I just, if you ask me, like, hey, can you make pulled pork? I'd be like, well, I don't know. How to, you know, uh, and it wasn't yeah, if until... you have fridge in your yard, I can help you. <laughs> yeah. You know, so it's, uh, you know, 
it just, I don't know. I just didn't think it was something that I could do. You know, it was kind of mysterious. I didn't bother to Google it or YouTube or anything like that. And this is about the time that YouTube was kind of starting in and everything. And so before then, you just didn't know how to look stuff up. You didn't know that you could even really, uh, you just didn't know how to do it, you know? And so fast forward to when, I guess, you know, as far as like when I started cooking it, uh, you'd have to fast forward to when I was living in Texas. So I went out to Texas and I had no idea what brisket was. I'm not gonna lie. I had, uh, I think I'd had it maybe once and it was pretty bad. And so I was like, it's like when you have a London broil, you're like, I'm never eating that again. You know, <laughs> it just was dry and a piece of leather, you know, as it always is out here and not many people do it well, you know? So, uh, when I went to Texas, yeah, I just didn't know that. I'd heard Texas barbecue was a thing, but I didn't even know what that meant. You know, I'm like, well, barbecue's good. So uh, I would I would stop at places, you know, people would be like, oh, you need to go to Rudy's, which is this gas station. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, this is barbecue. Yeah. yeah, and so it's like, like, oh, you know, when you go try it, it's like, oh, this is, wow, this is pretty good, you know? And you go to Dickie's, like we go to Dickie's for lunch or something, and <laughs> you're like, oh, this isn't bad. This isn't bad, you know? And so that already shows you where my level was at, like yeah. of – how I didn't have very much of a gauge for good barbecue, but, <laughs> and then all of a sudden we went on uh there was a bunch of guys from the church went on this fishing trip. And that's where I had my whole moment. It was a Smitty's market. We we're going, uh, we we're driving from Dallas down to, I think Corpus Christi or Galveston, I can't remember which one, but anyway, we stopped at, uh, we stopped at Smitty's market. They were like, Hey, let's just take a little detour and go through Lockhart. And I didn't know what Lockhart meant. I didn't know any of that stuff. And so we roll up and Kevin, I walked in that place and as soon as you walk in, um, I'm, I don't know if you've ever been there. But it's oh, yeah, yeah. When you no, walk I've through this little, yeah, you walk through that little, that little hallway and then it opens it up. And then your next thing you know, your legs hairs are stinging because yeah, of the fire on the ground. Fire, yeah. <laughs> I just never, uh, I'd never experienced any of this. So from the get-go, it had my attention big yeah. time. You know, I was just enamored with the entire thing. And I was like, just to see the big block and cutting and the white shirts and the the knives and the thing and the this i was like I, I can't get enough of this man what is this place you know at the time like i said i was a chef already so you know i i knew how to cook and stuff and i was like man i gotta i gotta learn more about this and so lo and behold i get back from that trip the next week my father-in-law who owned uh like a handyman business is just basically him and like a helper been for 20 years and so there was so um somebody that gave him a an electric smoker that they never used. They they bought this one. They said, you know, it's too small. Let's get a bigger one. And never used it. Gave it to him. He didn't know what to do with it, but give, give it to me. And so that's where it all started. I was uh, like, okay, I have a smoker. And so it just was all like a little Mastercraft mini fridge looking, you know, like just yeah, yeah, literally starting that, from, from small. And so I just started learning and I went down the rabbit hole. And let me tell you, I'm, a, I'm an assess, obsessive person, you know, as it is. Yeah, same with me. And so... <laughs> Oh my gosh. When it came to that, man, I jumped in head first and just would not stop digging. And I learned and thank God for the internet, you know, and, and, you know, the YouTube. And I found like, uh, found on early on the barbecue with Franklin on PBS and, uh, had all that stuff and next thing in the books. And I just, I literally, you could not give me <laughs> enough, you know? And so after I read, uh, after I read Aaron's book, uh, the first one, uh, I was like, I gotta get a new brothel smoker. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta upgrade. So I found a new brothel. Yeah, yeah. I actually found a new brothel's offset smoker, and I was so excited, man. For YouTube, it was like 150 bucks. I mean, on a, a Craigslist, 
Uh, so I went and got it, started smoking, and I had pictures of my first brisket. And it it wasn't uh, it wasn't horrible because I did so much research on the yeah. front end. But I had the hardest time with fire management, as most do in those little things. And you know, and so that's um. By then, I was like, okay. <laughs> there's no turning back <laughs> were you cooking cook for it. friends and stuff at in texas before you moved to back to savannah i was but i didn't have like you know i didn't have like parties trying to i never thought that this would ever turn into anything mm. you know i was just so enamored with it that i was like man this is so cool it was for you it was um amazing. yeah it was for me you know to learn and um to be being honest i never really a lot of people that are chefs have some kind of dream of amb- or ambition of like, oh, one day I'll open a restaurant. I never had that because I just didn't want to. I was always afraid that like, you know, you hear all these horror stories about, you know, how the kids get sucked in and they're having to work and hate you for it. And I just didn't, I've got two little boys. Uh, one of them's about to be 10, one of them's seven. I just didn't want them to hate me you know, for putting them to work, you know? So I just didn't want that. And so for, you're I never such a, really you're such an empathetic up. and compassionate guy. I like that. I appreciate that. I, yeah yeah that's so for that alone that alone that reason i just didn't want to do it you know i mean not to mention like it's extremely hard yeah uh on on you to do it you know it takes everything you got so you have to be all in. yeah 100 and so it just uh yeah i just never thought of it that way and but i but i can't for me to do something it's all or nothing every time and so i can't um it's got to be good i can't just be like okay yeah i know how to make a decent brisket like it, that's cool i'm okay with that like that's not anything i can ever be i could ever say you know and so i just kept learning and learning and learning i wanted so badly to go to work at you know uh, one of these places in town that was that were up and coming but i just knew that uh, well at the time there wasn't much uh, in Dallas going on, there weren't, there weren't many places. I think Savalas was around, but it wasn't like, it wasn't real big. You know, I think, I mean, Cadillacs was around, I think, but, um, I think I didn't find them until later on. Goldie's definitely wasn't even a thought then. Um, Hurtado's wasn't around. So the places I had looked at, I would have had to have either moved the family, um, you know, and, and just to come in a place like that and you don't really know what you're doing. You have to go and start at the bottom. And I just yeah. couldn't afford to do that. You can't raise a family on that. I just was stuck with just trying to figure it out on my own, you know, and watching as much information as I could get. When we moved out here. Oh, before we moved, I was working with Hyatt. I was a chef with a Hyatt um, oh. hotel for, for several years. And so um, I was one of their sous chefs and we ended up, uh, I ended up talking them into, getting a smoke program going and so they ended up what they did is they they bought like a southern pride pit and brought it in that's about the only option we could do yeah. uh and they put it in under one of the hoods in their huge kitchen and uh i helped them to develop the re- you know like to develop everything and smoke it the ribs and the brisket and all that kind of stuff which high it was the size so that was uh the one dallas regency the one okay. that has the big reunion tower the yeah. like uh, microphone uh so the the mirrored looking building that's connected to is the hyatt and um wait wait, quick 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 aside did you know have you seen zeff barbecue have you ever seen him online and seen logan sandoval from zeff barbecue logan logan sandoval sounds familiar but he's been on the food network and he's been on netflix and but he's does uh he's in he's here in simi valley in los angeles and uh, but he uh he was a, a chef for hyatt and went all around too Nice. Yeah, yeah he, was they, in, they, he was in Louisville. He was in Chicago. Yeah, and that's what that's what, like. I really wanted to get out of Hyatt because uh, they 
want you to travel around. You can't really just like find a place and just stay there for years. Uh, and they won't let you move up into the company that way. Yeah. You have to move. That's what they did for uh, And yeah, it's like every three or four years you're moving. I'm like, like well, I just would have went into the military if I wanted that. You know? <laughs> yeah, so yeah, yeah. I kind of was like trying to, once I figured that out, once I got into management and found that out, I was like, okay, I gotta, I gotta figure something else out yeah. here. That's when we moved here. And so once we moved here, I was, uh, I moved with Hyatt, but my, I was supposed to have a management position when I moved here. Well, the, a week before moving that fell through, they ended up just making me a line cook. That's like, that's all we can make you right now. I'm sorry. So I did it because I had no choice, um, but immediately kind of started looking and putting feelers out. And then I found, I found out that Ms. Shama Bailey, uh, which is the chef owner of uh, the gray here oh. in town. She's won several James Beard awards. Mm-hmm. Uh, for out, just one outstanding chef. She's won like two, I think two. Yeah, I don't think she's won three. I think she's won two James Beard Awards. You know, she was doing a lot of cool things at the time and I was loving it. She was on uh, Netflix's uh, The Chef's Table. Uh, and so I watched a lot of that before I came out. And so I was I was obviously like, oh, I need to get there. And yeah. sure enough, she had a position. Uh, it was starting position. So I interviewed for it and she, you know, they saw my resume and they're like, uh, I think we have something that we haven't advertised that we'd like to consider you for. And it was the chef de cuisine of her second location, the great market. And so uh, I accepted that. And so I was running, I was the chef of that location. Her second location was a couple blocks away. And so I was running the kitchen. uh, And that was extremely stressful because they were first of all, it's a James Beard award-winning chef that's, you know, has a huge reputation. Yeah. She does a lot of traveling, a lot of stuff. So she was rarely ever there even to help or give and put on things or just show me how things like she wanted things done. So it's just, it was a bit complicated, but we, um, you know, lo and behold, um, about, you know, eight or nine months later, COVID hit and they had to restructure some things. So that kind of pushed me out the door. Mm-hmm. That's when I was like, okay, like, again, like something's gotta, something's gotta, what do we do now? Because that was extremely stressful and not worth it. Yeah. <laughs> kind of in taking a break from the industry that allowed me to kind of go back to like, okay, what is my love? What do I, what would I love to do? What makes me happy, you know, yeah. I'd love to do. Yeah. I'd love to do barbecue. I know how to do a pretty good brisket. Uh, there's no Texas style barbecue here and all the barbecue here sucks. It's horrible. Uh, I'd say 90% of the people here are smoking on Southern prides. And don't, you know, like, and I don't blame them who want, I mean, like, you know, go home and get some rest. Sure. That sounds yeah. great. You know, <laughs> but, uh, but the product shows. And so I was like, man, we really, I was missing Texas barbecue. I saw the opportunity, you know, COVID they were throwing a bunch of money mm-hmm. at us. And so it was like, well, why don't we just try and go get a smoker? Let's start yeah, there. And uh-huh. so I got a, I got a primitive pit, you know? Yeah. And I'd already had like a little, I think at that point I had a, like a Oklahoma Joe's or something that the longhorn to, you know, so it was, it's pretty decent size, but still it was a little stick burner. So I looked at the primitive pits and got a 500 gallon trailer mm-hmm. and, uh, moved that here and started, you know, I was like, all right, let's cook, let's do a cook and see what they come mm-hmm. out. And they, they came out, gosh, miles better, miles better than it <laughs> would on, on a little stick burner. And so I was like, okay, all right, I think we have something here. And so it just started like tuning it up and learning and you know yeah just doing that all that kind of stuff that you need to do and uh, being a chef like i already knew you know i was already starting to pull things out like okay i want my sides to be this or this or different and then being a pastry chef i'm like okay we've got a, That's a whole gamut of desserts that you know we have to really really wow them with 
so we ended up basically doing that you know like we started it and started putting together piece by piece and were you and cooking like, like okay, were people sh- ordering to go kind of stuff like was that that's how you started the, well so it's funny because i had i through youtube i was looking at uh wilson's barbecue uh he's out in the um he's yeah. out in the uk yeah 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 in england and so uh yeah i saw that he was doing he did this video where he was showing that he was doing pre-orders out of his house i was like that's it that's that's the model that's how i do it and so uh once i got the smoker i dialed it in and everything i was going to get do pre-orders mm-hmm. uh and it just it never worked out to do it you know it just kind of like catapulted into like oh well let's try doing a pop-up you know and i have to thank nick for this because nick damp is one of the best human beings on this earth but Easily. he is Easily. um he is just so fantastic and he was he was he had just been i reached out to him because i saw that he got his primitive pit i don't know like a few months before me and so he had a little bit of a head start and I'm like, Hey, what have you done? This word, what have you done? This not work, you know? And he was so nice to really share information that he didn't have to with me and, uh, and, and, and really keep me from having to make that same mistake, you know? And so I took that information and I said, you know what, let's try a pop-up in, uh, we try to pop up at an event that somebody wants to come to And they said that like, Oh, we're expecting over 200 people to 250. I prepped for that many people, a lot of food. 50 people showed up 50 people i was like oh we're done we're done that's it we gave it our go you know like we gave it we gave it a shot and so uh that literally almost put us out of business it literally almost because we were all in i think when we went to the pop-up i had i think three dollars in my account literally like everything in and so i didn't even cover half the grocery bill and so it was like oh god what now like what now Luckily, we were able to scrounge up enough money to do one more pop-up. That was it. It was like, okay, it's either this or nothing. Oh, my Lord. And uh, I don't know if you've seen pictures on our Instagram of the bus. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. The bus yeah. that we, we do our, our, our food truck. So this and I actually, I saw it on, tra- on, trays, on trays. I'll put a link to that. Yeah. Trays, yeah. Trays Chowdown, is it So the... <laughs> Trey Chowdhury, yeah, mm-hmm. he's he's uh, Trey Chapman. So when we the, the place that we go to and he went to was at Starlin Yard. It's like a little food truck, mm-hmm. outdoor bar, uh, place. It's a really cool hangout place uh, here in downtown. And so they owned, they built the bus. They built, um, they built it all out. And I was my plan for today was to actually be at the bus so you uh-huh. can see it because it's just so it's so cool. The bus that we have that we're doing now. So the Starlin Yard place built the, the they built this bus and they built it all out. Wow. They equipped it and there's a full on kitchen inside. Just a super cool little bus and uh, it was called Loki, the Loki Food Bus. And they have it. They had it there as a contingency plan um, and to allow people to come in and try their concepts. So you could Smart. come and basically rent it for the day. Yeah, and so we did that. Uh, this was our second pop-up. We rented it for the day and people loved it. They killed it. We sold out. We're like, okay, we get to do another one. <laughs> so we just did that. We kept rolling it. We did like four of them over, you know, the course of two months. You know, they loved it so much that they came to us and they were like, hey, why don't you just buy the bus from us? Really? Uh, and we, I thought, I, I was like, there's no way that I can even come up with a, a, a any company. Like, I no no options for getting loans like like you're kidding they're like no we'll we'll finance it for you we own it so we'll just you just make payments to us 
And so we were like, wow, like, okay, all right, then, I, that's well, let's ideal. go. So that's we, like a, 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 like heaven sent. That's amazing. That's really cool. Literally. Yeah. It was just like, we were so blown away. Like, how does this even happen? I mean, best case scenario, I thought, well, eventually we'll do kind of like how Nick had done. You'll do temp pop-ups for a year, a uh, year plus, save up the money to where you can get a trailer. And then you get a trailer and then you eventually, you know, get to a, a restaurant. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so this, and so this literally was, was like super speed. Uh, we've done four or five pop-ups and, you know, they want to give us a truck. So we bought the truck, we rebranded it, uh, having it painted and put our graphics on and everything. And, um, you know, and basically was like, all right, let's go. And so we started officially in the bus earlier this year, January 1st of this year. Okay. And so we, we rolled it out. We've been going basically every week since we'll do, um, you know, two to three pop-ups a week. That's about all we really can afford because we have to have the time to smoke and everything and prep the sides. And so it's, it's just me and my wife. So it's me and her prepping the food. I'll smoke, she'll prep the sides. And then there'll be someone that'll help us on the bus to service, like to serve the food. We want to do it Texas style market, you know, but we can't really on the bus. So we just take orders, give them pagers, uh, and then pass it out the other window. And, um, you know, we're pretty quick, quick and can serve people quickly, you know, and, and all, but yeah, we've, we've been, we've been, it looks like you do pre-orders online, right? We just started that, uh, and we're like I tried doing last year since we had just literally started going. I tried doing a Christmas uh, pre-order uh, in Thanksgiving, and it just didn't. I just flopped. I think I sold like one or two briskets, and so I just I was like, "Hey, we're not going to do it. <laughs> Don't worry, you know, like it's not worth it." Uh, and so this uh, we've been doing since we added uh, turkey. I mean, our turkeys are really, really good, and people loved it. And there, everyone's been like, "Oh my god, Thanksgiving! You gotta." You got to yeah. sell it. So, you know, we had no choice. We're not doing, since we're on the food truck, we're not doing like the pans of sides or dessert. Uh, it's just too much. We'll just stick with the meats and see how that goes. Happens. People pre-order for like, say a, a pop-up on Saturday or Friday. Can you pre-order online? Cause it looks like you, on the, when you click on shop <laughs> on your website, it looks like kind of like you pre-order. Is that happening or not? Yeah, you can. I mean, that's uh, technically they could. Um, I have that set up for Thanksgiving. You oh, know, so that's okay, those, orders, but okay, that's what it's set up for. Yeah, uh, that's yeah. it's for Thanksgiving pre-orders. My brain is I always, think about is that. I was like, okay, they could totally as long as they let me know, you know, that and they wanted to do that. That wouldn't be a. Um, they probably if someone called you in advance issue. and said, "I need a brisket." This is just in general for a party. Like, say this is a random May, May tenth or something. And they say, "I would, I need a brisket two weeks from now." You do that. That was something you could do. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, they could. They could either uh, they could either call us or, or yeah. email me or reach out through socials. I do everything on our socials, all the photography and, and the um, the posts, and I just run it all. So yeah, you did a great job. If they message us, oh, thank you. If they message us, then um, you know they we can always set that up. I can just send yeah. them out an invoice because someone could, so. could someone could watch this in February of next year. You never know when someone's watching the yeah. internet. It's yeah, no, they can always evergreen, I guess. Yes. Yeah. And as of right now, we don't have any shipping options. Um, if they were to buy a hat, then I could probably you know, I could work that out. That's not an issue. Uh, a hat or a shirt, you know, but we because uh, our shirts are you can't really Yeah, I was gonna say, well, what but... is that? Is that you? Oh, I okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna Venmo yeah. you for a shirt. I was yeah, thinking, we have our shirts killer. That's, these are we they only awesome. come in black. This was a this is a blue one that it was uh, kind of like a little sample that he sent me, but uh cool. 
and we have uh yeah we have the you can see the hats on the website the hats are really really cool but yeah um, i saw them They're, they look great you did a really good job with those too yeah our hats are richardson 112s and so they're like oh, the yeah, most yeah. comfortable hat you can get you know and so yeah. we actually had richardson design them Smart. like we literally got them from richardson cool. uh so you know they uh that's why they they came out really really well in the design and like i said you can see it on the website um there's a really good picture of it those are the only two colors we have right now is like the charcoal or the heather and then the uh the cardinal and yeah, white. I'll, put, I'll put a link below i'm gonna put all your jazz and obviously we've been going for the, the for the bus you know and so that's um that's led into now this next phase um yeah. which is there's the people who saw us the bus are helping fantastic people um great investors and making all this possible and they've approached us about a restaurant already oh cool so we've been going for what eight months nine months now and they approached us after six months and they were like hey you know we think you need a restaurant and you know we don't approach people about this so we've looked at a few places and we're finally working on the details i actually should have um i talked to the the owner of a restaurant that owns the, the building uh, this morning, actually right before this call. And um, he should get the lease to me today to kind of like review and send off to the lawyers. So um, the place that we're not to give away too many details, we do want to keep it kind of secret, but yeah. there um, there's a place we, we found a place that is huge. I mean, it's like three 3,100 square feet. Wow. And the lot that it sits on it is 22,000 square feet. So it's got a huge lot. Yeah. Uh, it's like a city block. It's a whole city block. You know, we're going to build a plenty of room for pits. We've placed our order for, you know, our Syntex. We're going to get a couple thousand gallons from them, from Mike and oh, that's awesome. uh, Best Smokers. Yeah. Best Smokers. So we're going to have, uh, we're going to start off with the two Syntex and uh, we'll have plenty of room for that to park our bus and everything. And so hopefully that will, uh, if you, if, uh, if you're contact or if you're following our social media, anyone that's listening, You'll see it. Like we'll drop a little thing, like "Hey, like we actually sign the keys," you know, or sign the. You have you know, to. Yes. The keys. Oh, that's so good. So yeah, we'll we'll at least post that. I don't know how much uh, details we will. So roughly, is this, this comes. This is end of the year or early next year, probably. So as far as opening, it's slated to be open. It's looking like probably around April or May. Okay, that's cool. Okay, cool. Yeah. So given that there's no major uh, conflicts. There's no major, you know, um, holdups or anything like that. Then we should be like we've been we've been working on this for quite a while. So uh, congratulations. Uh, so it should, yeah, thank you. So hopefully, it should come together. Uh, the the final details should come together really quickly soon. Hopefully, and we can get rolling on construction. So so between now our, and then, you'll be able to, you'll be serving on the bus at that location you're at right now. No, I don't think we're going to serve there. Um, we initially talked about doing that, just pop up in the parking lot, but. Uh, we kind of want to keep it secret a little, you know, like we, you know, we, no, no, like I'm saying, no, I'm saying, I'm saying we're the, the current location you're at with the bus. You'll be, people can get your food. Oh yeah. Up yeah, until, yeah, yeah. Up we'll still be open. doing our normal pop-ups. Yeah. Okay, okay. But you need to follow our social. So that way you see yes. where, cause it's always different. It's different days every week. It's different locations. So you always need to uh, just make sure that you look at that to see where we're going to be. And as far as the food, so the food that we serve, uh, you know, obviously we do, um, you know, we do Texas style with me being a chef. Uh, I try really hard to, uh, use locally sourced items, you know, and, and, and get that. And with the beef, that was one of the hardest things to track down here being in South Georgia. There's not many options. You know, there was a couple of places, but the places were really expensive. 
uh, we were using, uh, we, we kind of like went through several different bristles. I think we started with Creekstone uh, and Creekstone was good, but it got expensive. And so, you know, we were using upper choice with them and then we, we cycled through a few different other ones. And then we, we finally landed on Myers, which none of those are local, but Myers was really good, you know, and we were happy with the, the type of fat it had and, you know, all that stuff. And, then all of a sudden, like in the last few weeks, uh, I've just been so excited because we've uh, we've partnered with Chattel Farms. Okay. And so Chattel Farms is local here to Savannah. It's uh, only like just over an hour away from us. And so it gets it grows. It gets grown in, in, in about an hour away from us. And then it gets up to Augusta, Georgia, to where it's harvested, you know, and then it's or and packaged and then out of Atlanta, uh, the, the processor or not the processor, but the distributor in Atlanta distributes a lot of their beef out to Atlanta. And so they actually bring some down to us um, and we're using prime brisket from them. Oh, so we fantastic. use Chattel prime brisket. Um, yeah. And so it's a prime brisket. The prices are about what we're paying for the, you know, these other guys. And it's like an hour away. Like you just literally, Perfect. we get our beef ribs. Yeah. We get our beef ribs from them too. And they're fantastic. So we couldn't be, we couldn't be happier about that partnership. Yeah. Um, and the fact that it's local is exactly what we're trying to do. Um, you know, it's on our website or on our cards. It'll, it says that our little slogan is uh, hardwood focused or farmer focused, hardwood crafted. And so, um, you know, we take that, uh, you know, we use like we smoke Texas style brisket. We do our pulled pork. We do pork belly, um, you know, I call it pork belly brisket. Um, I think Dane was probably the one that kind of like really spearheaded that. And yeah. I thank him for it because <laughs> it's, it's really good. It's, uh, it's a, it's just a fantastic. We started doing the, we started, we were doing the little burn ins, uh, pork belly burn ins. And it's, it's a, quite a bit of work, you know, it's, it's kind of a little tedious. They don't hold up as well in a warming cabinet and the pork belly brisket is just perfect. So it works out well. Uh, we also serve the sliced turkey. We do the beef ribs on the weekends and when we first started as well. So I'm real big into sausage and that's one of the things I really wanted everyone to know is like, right. As of right now, if you come like this week, you won't get it because it's just, we've been so busy lately. We haven't been able to make yeah. it. Once the restaurant comes, we will definitely, it will be a, a staple, but I make a, there's two sausages that I make right now. I'm working on some other recipes, but the, our two mainstays, our, our pimento cheese sausage uh. instead of like a jalapeno cheddar. I wanted to do kind of a little play on that. So it's pimento cheddar instead of pimento cheese sausage. And then my baby is our low country bowl sausage. And so it took me a while to really kind of dial that one in. And so it's all the ingredients of a low country boil are stuffed in the sausage, including uh. Georgia shrimp here. Uh. Uh, we have a huge, huge shrimp population here. And so um, locally called shrimp and it has chunks of it in there. It has potato, corn, uh, it's got lemon in it. I mean, it's, it's, it's an interesting sausage awesome. for sure. That is awesome. That makes yeah. me, and so, you know Daniel, sausage, so that's killer. That makes me so happy. Yeah. Yeah. I was really proud about that one. And then, uh, you know, Daniel Vaughn came through, I was like, there's no way he's not getting this. Like he has to get this. So yeah. I made a small batch and I made sure that he had it, you know, had some when he, when he came through and, you know, which was such a shock by the way, to have him come through was, uh, such a, that was like, a lot of people don't understand uh, just how big of a deal that is, mm, you know, huge. um, a lot of, you know, we, we, we shared that, you know, just the fact that he even came through and ate our food is just, I mean, a, a honor you can hang your hat on, you know, but, uh, then write a, do a write-up about us. And he had tweeted to somebody, somebody showed it to me, the, the, but he had tweeted that, um, 
you know, like when he did his little travels through that, that he went, when he went through Atlanta, he had several places of the big place in Atlanta. He said that uh, Fox fire or not Fox fire, Fox brothers was the best he had in Atlanta, but slow fire was the best he had in Georgia. Yeah. And so that, I, I saw that like, that was, that was within like, yeah, like within a tweet, like I, I was going to screenshot that and send that to you too, because that was from, yeah, that was like, yeah. Cause he was at the airport answering questions. I think people were asking him stuff. Okay. So he, they were saying like, what do you like here? What do you like here? What do you like here? And he said, you guys. And I'm like, ah, that's so awesome. That's such a great. I mean, I, I can't even process it, you know? And yeah. I mean, just the fact that we've been doing this for nine months on a bus, like the fact that we're even on anybody's radar is just mind blowing to me. It a lot you know? about and your so, passion and your tenacity and your, um... but he loved, uh, you know, he loved his sausage. He loved the sides. We do. This, the, so for the sides, we do it, you know, we do things uh, a little different. Like our, our mac and cheese is, uh, it's a creamy mac and cheese. You know, we have uh, smoked Gouda in it and it's, uh, it's topped with a little brown butter breadcrumb, oh. but it's, it's a little, it's a little special. I won't say exactly what's in it, but it's, it's, it has familiar taste to it. You know, a lot of people oh, cool. say it kind of tastes like fried chicken, if you will, or uh, the shake and bake stuff. You know, like that kind of breading, but it's uh, but we make it and it's uh, you know, it's it's really cool. Uh, so we garnish that on top. We do our uh, coleslaw, we make um, a mayo based coleslaw, it's um, and then we sprinkle like an ancho chili oil on top of it to get a little uh, a little different flavor. It's really good. We do a burning baked beans, which we it has bacon in there, it has our, our chopped brisket, like we'll chop brisket up and put it in there. Uh, we got a lot. We get a lot of compliments on that. Probably more than anything that we get our, our biggest compliments are on the Brussels. People people freak out over our Brussels. And so what we do is we we deep fry our Brussels, salt them, uh, and then we put them, you know, like when we serve them, we put on top of it uh, an Asian barbecue sauce that we make in-house. Uh, and uh, it's one of the absolute, uh, man, it's just so good. I eat like uh, two or three servings of it every pop-up it's just so good you know and when you fry them like they get the little crispy leaves yeah all the just, leaves oh, get kind of yeah so uh, good. Uh, that's such a good idea yeah. Uh, we do yeah he and daniel would ask about this too he was really interested the we have a savannah street corn and so the street corn is like um it's uh it's sauteed with a harissa seasoning which is kind of like attributed to you know kind of like african roots that are a lot in you know influenced in savannah and stuff and you know so it's just our version but it also has it is topped with a katia cheese and instead of doing cilantro i did like a curl parsley uh and then we we like a preserved lemon mayo because uh, we preserve our own lemons and so i uh, blend that up make it into a mayo wow. and then that's what gets squeezed on top up, and then the the cheese and then the curl parsley and it has a little lemon wedge on top of it. <laughs> so yeah like all the sides are kind of like you know those are they're a little different we do smoke collards where i'll smoke the collard leaves and and then cook them i'll top it with nutritional oh, that's a, wasn't there a square of something like a like oh a, like oh the, okay like so the yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, with Trey, you saw that with Trey, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So occasionally, what we'll do is we'll do um, fried brisket mac and cheese bites. Okay. And so we'll have some chopped brisket left over or a brisket and we'll just chop it up, you know, if we have one left over. Uh, and then we'll make a, pa a pan of our mac and cheese, put that all in there, and then we'll, we'll cube it up uh, once it kind of solidifies. We'll cube it up and we'll bread it in that breadcrumb that I thought the mac and cheese. So I'll, I'll, I'll roll it in a very, very similar uh, breadcrumb. 
and then uh, we fry it. And then when we put it on the on the boat or whatever, we'll top it with uh, some comeback sauce. <laughs> and then it'll, it'll have a little side of our um, house-made hot honey <laughs> that we make where we ferment. Uh, we it ferment just looks so unusual and wonderful and yeah, delicious, yeah. Yeah, man, fried mac and cheese bites uh, are always a great choice. But, you know, we just try to, you know, we just try to put a little spin on it and, and do cool well, is things. That, is that on special or is that always? No, it's on special. We haven't done it in a little while. But, um, you know, again, when we start doing the restaurant and we have more people to do things, yeah. we'll be able to do it a yeah, little more consistently. Because we've also done specials like our Reuben, our smoked pastrami Reuben, which is a huge hit um we've we've done uh we've started doing a um a smoked burger lately where when we first started it had, had we called it the blue smoked burger and it had blue smoked blue cheese it had steak sauce um crispy onions and munster cheese and then it, i think it had comeback sauce on it uh, where we switched it this month now it's um it's the beasting burger and the beasting burger is topped with our house made spicy pimento cheese on the burger and it's melted and we smoke the patties, we hold them, and then like we sear them on the flat top to like it's just crusted with pepper. So it gives us this nice, really good crust. So when we do that, we pimento cheese and melts, and then it has a bacon tomato jam. It gets cr- the topped with the crispy onions again, and then our hot honey. And so oh, that's the beasting burger. So it is so good. It's so good. Oh. We've done a you know. Yeah, we've done a couple other things like the um, we do a BLT with uh, it's on brioche loaf, but um, and it's got um, preserved lemon mayo, it's got uh, lettuce, and then we do fried green tomatoes, and then we use the pork belly. We slice yeah. the pork belly a little thinner, um, and so that smoked pork belly is that it's our BLT uh, with the fried green tomatoes, and so. Uh. Yeah, people, you know, like we've, there's only so many things we can do on the bus, but we've tried to keep it interesting and fun. And uh, we're really excited to get the the restaurant going so we can really kind of take off with things and, um, you know, do a lot more fun things. As of right now, the, uh, it'll, it will have a bar, we'll have alcohol and, uh, you know, to where you can, it'll have a patio that you can walk up and get your refills and stuff uh, to the bar from there. So, yeah, for the, for the bus, the desserts. And then also, because I'm, I'm assuming there's some desserts because of your background, but also yeah. if you guys usually open the bus at 11, how quickly do you sell out? Yeah, so if we, um, I'll answer that one first. So usually when we, we've gotten a lot better at judging about how much food we need. So we usually, if we, uh, a lot of our pop-ups are like from 11 to 7 or 12 to 7, something like that, okay. or 12 to 8. And so we usually don't sell out um, unless it's just some weird Oh, okay. Festival or something, you know, to where we're just being absolutely gobstopped. Uh, then we can sell out a little quicker. Like mm-hmm. I usually about, you know, four hours. Uh, but for the most part, we've been lately, you know, holding on to where we saw it closer to like six, seven or, you know, like maybe okay. an hour before. Okay. Or the brisket. The brisket's always the first thing to sell out because there's nowhere around here that you can get that style yeah. of brisket. You know, the, the, you know, that level of brisket. And as far as the desserts, we, uh, so the desserts, I have a, a lot of big plans for. I won't go into many of that because I can talk forever. No. But as far as the desserts we've done so far, I just want to give you kind of a picture as to where we're headed. Two of the two of the desserts we've we've done, or a few of the desserts we've done so far. Obviously, I want to do a banana pudding, but I don't want to just do a banana pudding. You know, like I'm trying to think of something, some cool way to make it really, really, really good. And I haven't really been able to get anything that I'm happy with yet. 
Uh, but I will because banana fa- banana pudding is my favorite dessert, <laughs> yeah, uh, so and and it's a barbecue place. You got to have a good banana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so far we've done really two um, uh, desserts I've been pretty happy with. One of them, these are both off the truck. One of them was a peach cobbler cream puff, and so I made a like a like huh. a French pastry, like what you'd see like a, a cream puff. It's a patisciuto, and so you you bake that, and it's hollow on the inside, and you can fill it with usually pastry cream. And so what I did is I made a peach flavored pastry cream oh. and I filled it. And then on top, it has a, um, like a, you can bake this little sugar crust on top. That's called crackling. And so that makes it for a cobblery kind of crunchy topping. And then, uh, we made a peach whiskey. There's a, they used to have, um, this local distillery that made peach whiskey. And so we made a, uh, we made a peach whiskey glaze to put on top of it. And so it uh, it was pretty good. There's actually a little bit further down in our pictures, you'll see it. Like I did like a kind of a professional shoot with it because I know how to do food photography. But And so the other one that we've done is a pecan pie. Uh, what was it? I forget what it was called. Like it was, a, it was basically a homemade oatmeal cream pie, but the inside was like pecan pie cream filling. Oh man, it was good. Yeah, I've got a video <laughs> where I'm like splitting it open. Okay. It, was, it was really delightful. And so it's just, as you can see, I'm trying to make a play on things, you know, mm-hmm. make it to where it's just pecan pie, you know, like I want it to be a little something different, like making cheesecake with the swirls of pecan pie in it, you know, yeah. things like that. Ice cream will be a thing once we start the restaurant. I haven't done it yet. I do. Uh, I'm pretty good at ice cream. I know a lot about ice cream. And so we'll, we'll have some really cool flavors. Uh, uh, I think what we're going to, the couple of flavors we'll start off with was, is one is my signature praline crunch. Because pralines here are huge in Savannah. It's a big thing. Uh, so we'll do a praline crunch, and then I'll do probably like a lemon meringue pie uh, ice cream. You know, so it'll be it'll be cool. It won't be just like yes. butter pecan. You know, it's it's always it's like it's got to get – it's got to pique the interest. Yeah, um, it's got it's to so. be something that's interesting to you and exciting. That can, and also you like to experiment and try new things. Yeah. And so it's got a, uh, yeah. And so there's in part of this restaurant, there's a separate little end. It's an end building that's attached to the whole thing, but we're just building, we're building out everything except that. That's the second phase. And so within the first year of opening the restaurant, we are supposed to um, basically turn that into an ice cream bakery where we'll, we'll probably, um, we'll sell ice cream out of there. Hopefully we'll sell cakes and pies and stuff uh, too. That's- uh and so like you can come to the restaurant it's attached to the restaurant it's just a separate like it's not it's connected but it's a different little building and you can walk in it's a little bakery and so you'll be able to uh get a lot of our cool things and stuff that we do um you know really the sky's the limit with what we can do there that is going to be awesome that's something so people need to follow your social media what is your social media so people know to follow uh on all of them it's slow fire savannah so okay. it's really easy, slow fire Savannah. Uh, and we, you know, with having such a huge lot, uh, and we also have the the people that own this lot also own this separate huge lot across the street that's an old car wash. And they've said that like you have you can have access to that. So you can do, gosh, we can uh, you know, the plan is we can we'll have plenty of space to be able to, to set up big barbecue festivals if we want, uh-huh. or um, have a farmer's market once a month. I mean, like there's a lot that we can do with that. For Halloween, we can set up a 
haunted house in our normal parking lot that you can walk through. Yeah, like and a then have people park with theirs. <laughs> you know, like it, it's, it's, there's just so much that we can uh, do. So we're really excited about it. I am so proud of you. I'm so happy for you guys. This is just, I'm so glad I talked to you now because I want to talk to you in a year from now because I think that'll be fun to kind of look back and see which yeah. one would fit happen with oh, yeah. in that and like just what your headspace is is then that's this is this is fantastic yeah absolutely we'll talk soon bud i talk it